Hey folks, if you like listening to Stumble Through, there's now a way you can support the show. Click the link in the show notes to make a once-off donation through the ACAST supporter feature. There's no ongoing commitment and you can give as little or as much as you'd like. I love making the podcast and I'd like to keep making it. So even if it's just the price of a coffee, every little bit helps. Thanks so much. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community. I pay my respects to them and their cultures and to elders both past and present. Hello folks and welcome to Stumble Through, the podcast for young Australian adults trying to figure shit out. I'm your host Paula Arujo, I'm a writer, theatre creator and marketer and this week we are talking about procrastination with Harry Wallace. Hey Harry. Hey Paula, how are you? I am well. How are you? I'm so very well. I'm very excited to be here. Heck, oh, thanks. I'm excited to have you. Oh. So, uh, have you stumbled through anything this week? And can you tell the lovely listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I just stumbled out of bed this morning. Um, probably, so stumble through is like a challenge, yeah? Something you've challenged, has challenged you in the week. A little bit, like a, a challenge, an oopsie that you had to face, um... Yeah. It was definitely, we talked about this briefly before the podcast, but it was definitely avoiding all of the things I should be doing this week and staying up till four o'clock in the morning reading young adult fantasy novels. The day before you recorded an episode on procrastination. Yeah, let's just call it research. Research. (laughs) Method acting. Method method podcasting. (laughs) Immersion. Yeah, exactly. Um, So that's probably been my challenge because it took me until about two o'clock to get up today. Um, I did enjoy it a bit too much, but that's probably part of the problem. Uh, And what what should I say about myself? What do you want to know? I don't know. Uh, What's your coffee order? What do you like? What are the projects that you are involved with right now? What do you do? I like this. My coffee order started off quite blasé, but has over time just mutated into something quite wanky so it's a small double shot flat white on almond milk which i just feel guilty about ordering every time (laughs) i say it it's like a tongue twister that you used as a vocal warm-up i know it's it's terrible it just started off as a flat white and then like over years in hospitality it's gradually evolved into like this pinpoint specific thing so you got more niche i've become the thing i hated ah yeah i see i had someone order a quarter strength dirty chai uh, decaf the other day and I was like oh what is a quarter strength quarter strength what is, is where you just like take a normal shot and then halve it and then halve it again just to make things really so it's it's barely any coffee it's warm milk basically 
I see. <laughs> but we're on a tangent. <laughs> uh, things I like. I like reading and writing and being a creative and the university that I do and stuff like that. I'm something of a journalist. I'm something of a writer. I'm something of a theatre person, um, a dilettante, I guess. A what? A dilettante. What's that? Someone who dabbles in a lot of things but is oh. not particularly masterful at any of them. It's funny that dilettante kind of sounds like diligent. Yeah, is the opposite though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Well, yeah. So yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell, more or less. Cool. Uh, what projects are you involved with at the moment? So projects, the main project, which I just launched a couple of weeks ago, is a, another podcast. What? A podcast? Yes, on this same wonderful network. What? The That's Not Canon Podcast Network has a new podcast? Unheard Indeed. Of. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> what a shocking turn up for the books. Uh, no, we've just launched our new podcast, myself and one of my best mates, Christopher Payton. We're talking about the news because I am a journalism student and he is a theatre student so we're using our combined powers to make the news a little less dry and boring um, and we're having fun with it. Yeah, no, I listened to your first episode. Oh, I really liked you? it. Um, my my USB cord in my car, my aux cord, it's called the aux cord, isn't mm-hmm, it? Yeah. Um, yeah, that thing is a little bit uh, meh. So every time like I stop a little bit too hard at a light or go over a speed bump or take a corner too fast, it like disconnects. That's amazing. And so, yeah, uh, and then your podcast turned off halfway through my drive and I couldn't because, you know, don't touch your phone when you're driving, guys. It's a bad idea. Well, at least on a technical level, that wasn't me and Chris's fault. Like, <laughs> I feel like that was <laughs> up to the chance of the universe. It was so bad my car turned it off for me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because a similar thing happened to me on the bus ride here with my headphone jack, which is like the same jack as an aux cord, and it keeps coming loose. Uh, but with me, it's me playing music, and then suddenly, like Mariah Carey was being blasted over the bus because my headphone jack had come loose. It's like, hmm. Now everyone knows what the guy in the Led Zeppelin T-shirt was listening to. His phone. <laughs> Excellent. Amazing. Alrighty, well, um, I guess we should probably start this uh, podcast on procrastination, hey, eventually. I mean, if you want. I suppose. We could just play Xbox Live. (laughs) 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 Seems like a valid second option. I mean, first you would have to teach me how to do the thing, though. I don't even know how to hold the controller. Well, that feels like a very constructive six (laughs) hours. So, you know, ready when you are. Alrighty, so uh, procrastination. I have a definition here. From Deakin University, they've got like that student life section. Oh, yeah. And um, on the university website, they've got a little section called, what is procrastination? Uh, (laughs) Was there anything written in it? No, yes. (laughs) We're going to make this joke so many times throughout the course of this podcast. (laughs) Um, So, deakinuniversity.edu.au. Procrastinating is putting off doing a required task often by finding something else to do. This creates a lot of stress because the task still needs to be done and you run out of time to do it in. The result is that when you hand in the assignment, if you do it all, it is far from your best work. Yeah. Sure. I mean, very university specific, but Mm. like a general overview, I guess. Yeah, basically. Um, Reasons for procrastinating include not being motivated in your course, perfectionism, believing the task is too difficult, too big or too boring, fear of failure or poor time management. I think some of those are important points because it's like the reasons for procrastination can be incredibly complex and incredibly manifold. Mm. Like it's it's the more I've looked into it, like just on a intellectual level, the more I've researched it as a phenomenon the more it kind of dawns on me how multifaceted it is. Like there's so many reasons for individual procrastination. There's so many things involved in it. There's so many consequences just due to each individual person. Yeah. No, it's true. I think 
procrastination is a little bit like a fingerprint in a way. It's an identifier, like the way you procrastinate you personally is different to the way that I procrastinate. Yeah. And it's because of like our different... Um, psychological yeah, attributes, yeah. Psychological attributes, hang-ups, mm-hmm. pros, cons, the whole shebang. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it goes on to say, procrastination has a way of rewarding itself. When you stop studying to procrastinate, the anxiety about the study goes away and you feel better. This reward is short-lived, however, as you soon realise that this task still needs to be done, only now with less time and more anxiety. Oh, I've got some good stuff to say on this oh, in, in a bit. Excellent, yeah. excellent. But uh, fun fact, do you, do you want to know the etymology of procrastinate? I absolutely do. I figured you would, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Very unlike me. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem like you at all to get no. excited by the word etymology. No. So pro, meaning forward from mm-hmm. Latin, or meaning positive, but positive meaning forward, mm-hmm. and crastus, meaning mm-hmm. tomorrow. So procrastinate literally means to put off till the day after, in a rough translation. Wow. Yeah. Love it. It's yep. It's kind of poetic. I, re- I like that. I like that. Yeah, I figured you would. Thank you. Is that what you brought it? You gave me a gift? You gave yeah, me the gift, the gift of, the gift of words. <laughs> that is basic. That is my love language. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's talk about why we procrastinate then, because you're right. It's such a nebulous issue, and I think it's far more than – Laziness. I feel like laziness is a catch-all for things that are probably a little bit complicated, but we don't necessarily want to address it. Yeah, I agree. I think laziness is way, 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 way too simplified for Mm. procrastination. Um, I was watching a video on this because I was doing my prep for the podcast. Um, And if you ever get a chance, the best summary of procrastination I have ever seen was a TED Talk by Tim Urban. Is that that guy about the something monkey? Yeah, yeah, it is. Nice. It's yes. a very popular video. Mm, it's a good one. But it's just brilliant talking about like breaking it down into really simple terms and going, okay, so in the procrastinator's mind, we've got the executive decision maker who has the wheel of the brain captaining the ship. And then you've also got the instant gratification monkey, which, you know, will be my band name when I get around to making one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the instant gratification monkey is constantly bothering the executive decision maker, constantly taking over control of the ship because it's so much easier to listen to the instant gratification monkey than it is to the person who knows about long-term decisions and long-term consequences. Mm. Um, And then you've also got the panic monster. Ah, (laughs) I'm well acquainted. Aren't we all? Yeah, (laughs) whenever a deadline's coming up. Yeah, that's what the panic monster is. Um, The only thing that scares the instant gratification monkey. Mm. There you go. And it's, yeah a really really good ted talk do not procrastinate listening to this podcast episode by watching that ted talk just wait until we're done oh that was some inception level stuff (laughs) (laughs) it's going deep uh yeah it's very easy to watch 15 minutes of your life uh very simple terms would highly recommend absolutely and you know from what we've discussed so far there are literally endless reasons that people procrastinate but the main ones seem to stem from a lack of interest fear a habit or a lack of understanding on some level. So a lack of understanding of how long something will take or your capabilities in relation to it. Uh, And they usually manifest in a lack of interest, perfectionism, poor understanding of the time it will take, habit, lack of skill required to complete the task or anxious and depressive feelings surrounding the task. Like 
I don't want to go to the dentist because I don't like the anxiety around going to the dentist mm-hmm. and the pain involved. And so I put off going to the dentist, even though I know that I should, because I don't want to have to deal with the feelings of going to the dentist. Yeah, well, that's what it kind of boils down to, isn't it? It's the trade-off between doing something unpleasant that you know you should do mm. and something easier that is instantly gratifying and that will distract you mm. from the things you should be doing. Or something that's easier and slightly less difficult but still gratifying in that you have completed it and it is easier. Yeah, mm. but may not necessarily be the thing that you should have spent that time on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The old procrasticlean, uh, for yes. example. Oh, yes. That. <laughs> we all know it well. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. What was, what was your next point? Uh, no, that was my point. Do you, do you have any um, points... On that one, any uh, talking points that you would like to discuss? Um, I think I think it's very accurate. Yeah, everyone's got different reasons. Um, and yeah, I think it does boil down to that thing. It's instant gratification. Wow, we really need to start a drinking game where we take a shot for every time I say that word. But anyway, <laughs> um, taking precedence over a decision that's going to benefit you in the long run that may be slightly unpleasant. And that's particularly uh, difficult in mm-hmm. the information age where we have so much at our fingertips that we can procrastinate with. Like we've got Netflix, we've got Xbox, we've got mm. music, we've got a smartphone in our hands. Like that's a really um, uh, munache one. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, if you don't want to be talking to someone, say you're at a networking event mm. um, yeah. and you know that going out and talking to people might have long-term ramifications like friendships or connections that might benefit you, but it's, it's anxiety-inducing. Mm-hmm. So instead you just look down at your phone. Yeah, that's right. It's like a safety net. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's a form of procrastination just on a smaller level. Oh, there you go. And I suppose the thing is about the modern age is that we are so overstimulated all the time. And not only that, but some days I think, you know, it's a miracle that we complete anything because it is some people's literal job to help us procrastinate and to keep our brains stimulated. Yeah. People are sitting, they, their career path involves researching how to hijack your attention and keep it there. People are engineering games to be addictive. They're creating algorithms that keep you scrolling and keep you engaged the instagram algorithm but from what i understand of it for marketers is basically the question is will this keep people on instagram for longer if yes do it and that's why there's you know you're rewarded for having more comments you're rewarded for having more engagement and responses to your stories you're rewarded for having not so much likes anymore but for the number of people who watch your stories all the way through for the number of people who watch your tv videos because it keeps them on the app for longer yeah absolutely it's become so prevalent that it's been named the attention economy mm that's right. It's it's your data and your attention and your time. Yeah, well, it's become, it's called the economy because it's become a monetized factor. Mm. People are vying over your attention. And you're right, it's Instagram. YouTube was the classic example, um, how they started changing their algorithm so that, you know, like when a YouTube video ends now, there's now a countdown time until the next one yes. starts playing. And it's something to do with your personal taste that you've displayed because mm. they want to keep you watching. Every second that they can keep you on there is a second that they can advertise to you. Um, so yeah, you're right. It's definitely harder than ever. It is a miracle that we get anything done and it becomes really important to educate ourselves with digital health, Mm. um, and health around procrastination as a phenomenon. Thank you. That was really insightful. Thanks. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I invited you on the podcast. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So is there a use to procrastinating though? We know the downsides, we know the stress involved, but is there an actual use to it? 
Um, I think, well, you know, it is in many cases a psychological coping mechanism. Mm. Um, like, you know, if you find something overwhelming, you will procrastinate it. And it might be something you are not actually mentally equipped to handle at that point in your mm. life. Um, but that it's not necessarily a solution to that, I don't think. it's While it's a coping mechanism, I don't think it's necessarily a healthy one. Yeah, it's probably a maladaptive coping mechanism because initially our brains can't tell the difference between a bear and an assignment deadline. It's all the same, you know? It's <laughs> Exit stage left pursued by assignment deadline. <laughs> exactly. It, it's, it's a threat. It's yeah. a threat to our well-being. It's a threat to our peace of mind. And so we go, no, I'm opting out. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's our, what's that called? The limbic system? Is that the part of the brain? That sounds That's the brain. brainy, I guess. Yeah, it's the, it's the one that marketers and advertisers try to hack. They want like a limbic response, an emotional response that overrides a lot of the logic. And that's why when you see an advertisement, it's not selling you ice cream. It's selling you the memory of having that ice cream with your gran in her kitchen in summer when there was sweat dripping down your back and the cool taste of Peter's vanilla ice cream on your tongue. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Mm. It just reminds me of that scene from Mad Men about the carousel. Um, if you, if anyone listening hasn't um, seen that, it is worth watching. Mad Men is a masterpiece, but I can't remember the scene. Remind me. Oh, it's the one where um, basically he's trying to sell the new carousel of pictures. Oh, it's the the Kodak carousel, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you put the pictures through it so that you can see the the yeah yeah it's a bit of plastic, and they're like, how do we sell this? Yeah, and he puts pictures of his family, and it. it's like mm. he's we're selling memories, we're selling emotions. Mm. Um, it's a really good illustration of that. Mm. Um, I have become distracted. Send help. What were we doing? <laughs> Is procrastination useful? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 I have become distracted. Send help will be the name of my autobiography. Um, yeah, no, I, I suppose the other facet of that could be like, can you get important stuff done while you procrastinate? Um, but I think we were intending on talking about that later. Yes, we were. There is a really great submission that we'd like to address our comments around this at. So we will continue to the next question, Mm -hmm. which is how can we stop procrastinating or at least procrastinate better? Cool. Wow, this has been a lifelong mission for me at least. Mm. Um, I was such a terrible procrastinator, particularly like high school was really bad for me. There was one infamous instant when I started doing theatre about I had been accepted as a writer on a um, high school level kind of elite theatre thing and I had to write a monologue and I had like a month to write the monologue and I ended up writing it in the taxi on the way to the rehearsal. Um, And my friends who were in that with me have never let me live that down since. (laughs) Um, so yeah, no, I was really bad and have continued to be really bad and kind of like becoming a better procrastinator or becoming someone who can deal with it more has been kind of what the last four or five years of my life have been about. Mm. Um, so learning to deal with it, I guess for me, it's all about personal habits and what works for you. That's all that's ever going to work is figuring out what works for you. And you can do that by looking into what works for other people. Um, so for me, it's just been trying to develop healthy habits in other parts of my life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, naturally, habitually, I'm a creature of chaos. Mm. Like, if left to my own devices and my own headspace, I would just be a complete mess all the time. 
So I kind of have to force myself to go to bed at the right times and to go running because that really helps me because it kind of exhausts the anxiety and the stress a little bit and that allows me to function better. Um, And those are things that like through time and effort I've discovered have worked for me personally. Um, But then there's also like specific methods that I know really work for some people, um, like the Mel Robbins method is very popular. Oh, yes, yes. This is the the five-second rule. And Mm -hmm, it's that moment where you have five seconds to act on something, an idea, a goal, or whatever, before your body slash brain automatically vetoes it. And so you count down. You go five, four, three, two, one, go! And you just do the thing. You, You don't think too much about it. You just... Put the pot in your hands. Put the soap in the pot. Keep yeah. going. Don't put it down. Go, go, go. It's kind of like the origin of the do the thing. Mm. Just do the thing. Mm. Um, yeah, you're 100% right. It's that five-second rule. I mean, it's meant to be like interrupting the cognitive pattern of behavior and oh. forging new behavioral patterns. Much like yelling watermelon. Yeah, which we were talking about before. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know whether this is like Toowoomba theatre specific, but it was definitely like a, a theatre device where if you went on too much of a tangent when you were in a rehearsal or a play, someone would shout watermelon and it was meant to be such an outlandish word that it would draw your attention and you'd go back to the task at hand. Um, and it's the same principle. You're absolutely right. It's um, cognitive disruption. Oh, okay. So it's disrupting the cycle of procrastination and gives you just enough time to go, shit, that's right, I was meant to do this thing, and then you do the thing without thinking too much more about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And Mel Robbins are always talking about how it's like, it's just starting. Mm-hmm. What you need to do, because apparently, according to her science, 80% of the time when you get someone to start doing, they'll continue doing it. Mm. But it's the starting, it's that mental barrier, and writers know it particularly mm. well. It's the cursed white blank page. Like staring at a white blank page and going, as soon as you have a word, as soon as you have a sentence, it's kind of like the thing that breaks the dam. Mm. But it's just getting over that first moment um, that is so difficult. And yeah, God, I know that feeling so well. Mm. I mean, as someone who has ADD, I struggle not so much with the starting, it's the continuation of it for me. It's the, I can do steps one to two because I'm still interested, but the minute a challenge arises or I'm not so interested or my attention is taken elsewhere, which is frequent, that's the point where I stumble, I know. And so my life has been about trying to keep myself on the same thought pattern. Yeah, see, this is really good because between the two of us, we've got one functional human being. Hey! So have have you ever used things like the Pomodoro method? I absolutely have. Uh, And when I remember to do it, it's great. Sure. Yeah, have you seen there's a Pomodoro app? No. I've used that a few times. It's quite good. Yeah. I love, is it one of those apps that you have to pay? Because I've seen so many great apps, but then I'm like, but I don't want to give them money so that I can make stuff attention economy no there is a pro version but Mm. it's kind of like the simple version works fine and it's Mm. free um so highly recommend checking that out for anyone who has a similar problem um but yeah do you want to like explain what the pomodoro method is yeah so pomodoro method is i mean pomodoro is based on the italian word for tomatoes i think yeah yeah okay Mm -hmm. good i was like am i smart wanker or stupid wanker just then couldn't (laughs) which one is it today (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it's about doing things in 10-minute increments. And so all you have to do is do the first 10 minutes. So you set a timer for 10 minutes and then you do whatever the task is that you have to do that's first on your priority list. Not the one at the bottom. Don't flip it. That's also procrastinating. Um, And you do that for 10 minutes. And then at the end of that 10 minutes, you go, oh, okay. And then I think if you feel like continuing, then you do another 10 minutes. Otherwise, you take like a five-minute break, 
is it or am I? Yeah, no, you've got it. So it's um, yeah. Yeah, it's based off like a, a an egg timer or a tomato timer mm. or whatever it is. Um, and you do like it in seven bits? So there's seven slices or something? Um, if you're getting really complex about it, basically like the absolute basics of it, uh, you do a specif- specified amount of work. So like 10, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I use 20. 20 minutes of work, five minute break. 20 minutes of work, five minute break. 20 minutes of work, five minute break, half hour break. Mm. Uh, and then add infinitum. Yeah, I have to do 10 minutes at a time on days when I haven't slept properly. It's sure. just, yeah, like th- that's one of the things like you do running. I have to make sure that I have a bedtime, that I enforce my bedtime, that I have good sleep hygiene and that I observe that because otherwise, yep, yep, yep. I mean, I can do stuff, but not as much and I'm just not very productive and yeah, it's a thing. Hey, here's a question, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't on our questions list, but talking point. Fire away. Besides the guilt of not doing what you should and being aware and complicit in the self-sabotage of procrastinating, do you think our society's focus on economic output has created a confusion between our worth as a worker and our worth as a human being and therefore adds an extra layer of shame around procrastination? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And like, I feel like we, a lot of people feel this very personally, but you feel it a lot um, with anyone with white-collar workers or artistic jobs. Um, freelancers. If freelancers particularly, yeah, it's really bad. Um, but, yeah, specifically in, like, our community and our community, if you're not being productive, if you're not putting work out, mm. then you're kind of this – it's stigmatised. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think society has placed a lot of value on our output. Mm. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, on the one hand – in a lot of ways, being an artist is a verb. Painting, writing, you have to do the thing to yeah. call yourself the thing. But Absolutely, yeah. not having any separation between what you do and who you are is so difficult, particularly when your work of what you do is based on who you are. And, it's <laughs> and the other thing, it's not just your work either. Like It's called, um, a lot of people have been calling it the limitless principle in recent years. Like, Have you seen the movie Limitless? Oh, yeah. Yep. With the incredibly attractive Bradley Cooper? Oh, yes. Yeah, right? Oh, yes. Let's all just take a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's talking about, like, you know, he takes a pill and it's meant to make him the best version of a human being that he can possibly be. And that version of a human being is someone who does incredibly well in his work life. He's a writer. He finishes mm. a novel in one night, but he also runs. He's also incredibly fit. He also starts learning mathematics and languages. He remembers everything. Yeah, um, having incredible people skills. And that's like that's set as the golden ideal mm. for someone in our society is someone who can do everything. I almost imagine that to kind of be what we're expected to do. It's not even the ideal. It's like Absolutely, yeah, like the whole... We're meant to be doing. That's the A-level. We should all be striving for it. It is definitely, definitely feasible and possible. Why aren't you achieving it? And we call it the functional adult. (laughs) 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 You know, someone who can be on top of their life, be on top of their sleeping schedule, put out a lot of work, work really hard, exercise, have a solid group of friends, socialise, meet new people. Um, Romance. Romance on top of it all. What? Who has the energy for it all? (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad that I could get our producer to crack a smile on that one. It's a, it's a very impressive puppy dog face. <laughs> anyway. Fake laughter, hiding real tears. <laughs> I mean, you should know me better by this point. I cry a lot and I'm not shy about it. I will cry in public. I cry in public. I mean, I 
I cried finishing the end of Red Dead Redemption 2 the other day. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that valid. is, but I understand the It's reference. a video game. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. It's very emotional. I believe that. Now it's time for the Things I've Never Said segment, where we accept anonymous submissions and confessions from our listeners on the topic we discuss. So, we have got two beautiful submissions. Well, we've got a whole bunch more, actually. It was funny that we had one of the largest responses on a podcast theme called procrastination. <laughs> That's just going to be my personal magnetism as a guest. Absolutely. Yeah, despite 100%. the fact that it wasn't announced in advance, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, fun, fun piece of trivia. This is the, um, uh, I organised this episode the quickest ever in the shortest timeline. Um, usually I like to put the call out for things I've never said about a week in advance, a little bit more, and I like give three reminders on two different platforms. That didn't happen this time. I love the way you phrase that. It was like, next time I procrastinate on assignment, I'm going to phrase that I was the most efficient in a short period of time that I have ever been. Yeah, well, that's, um, I just linked in what I just said. That's what I say, yeah. like, that's what I call I it that. whenever I try and like be corporate and like business-like about it. I'm like, no, I can't be vulnerable and honest right now. I have to be have to LinkedIn. Link yeah. <laughs> Pull a LinkedIn. Anyway, continue. Anyway, so response number one, procrastination. It's my worst enemy and best friend. I tend to work better under pressure, but the feeling up until that point sucks because everything I do before the thing I'm supposed to do is embedded in guilt. Don't we all know that feeling? Mm, that's that's part of procrastination because if you weren't procrastinating, you'd be like, I'm taking a break for the next 30 minutes. It's a designated amount of time. Um, I'm just going to relax and it'll be fine. But procrastination is like, I'll take a 30-minute break. Oh, look at that. It's... 7.09. Can't possibly enter at 7.09. Got to be 7.30. Yeah, yeah. And it roots its way into like feelings of depression mm. and self-hatred. Like it's, it's got a lot of knock-on effects or possible causal effects as well. Absolutely. Yeah. No, the guilt factor is a big one because um, it just leaves you unable to enjoy anything, particularly if it's like a big assignment or like going to the extremes like a thesis or something. Mm. Um, if you're procrastinating on it, it just overwhelms your life with this feeling like this weight on your shoulders. Mm. Um, and you just can't relax properly because you know that you haven't earned it. Yeah. Relaxing means that it gives you energy, whereas procrastination isn't relaxing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's avoidance, and it's like the self-conscious and awareness of that avoidance that saps the energy out of you. Yeah, absolutely. And I really emphasise with whoever this person was because, um, like, I've totally, I totally – I also have the thing of I tend to work better under pressure um, – and it's been with me since high school. Like I'd always leave my assignments to the last minute. And I do reasonably well because I had that skill set of being able to pull everything together, skull a Red Bull, pull an all-nighter and pump out something of a reasonable quality. But it's not a healthy way of doing things. No, it's it would be what's called a maladaptive technique because while it does work, it doesn't serve you very well and it's not sustainable in the long term. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Red Bull is not sustainable in the long term. No, it's not. Please don't drink Red Bull, guys. Energy drink, Energy drinks are bad for you. In case no one ever told you this before, Mama Paul is telling you to stop. <laughs> anyway, uh, but that's with a deadline that is actually a deadline, though. When you have something that's a goal that you don't have a deadline for, even a non-self-imposed one, like 
No one is going to give you a deadline to write a play necessarily. No one is going to give you a deadline to go on that holiday that you've always wanted to go to or move overseas or do X, Y, and Z. And so if you're procrastinating something that you really want to do, but no one, no external force has set you a deadline, then it would make sense that you feel those feelings as well. And that could be a real, that could be a real detriment to your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the one about the play really hit hard. I'm currently writing, I, I wrote plays in high school and I'm currently writing my first one in like five years. I'm a quarter of the way through it. You're still doing it. You're yeah. doing the thing. You yeah, started. Well, it's been in the, it's like, and that is such a big achievement for me mm-hmm. because it's been in the back of my head for about two years, the concept for this play. And um, yeah, it's only recently I've actually started to write it. And I finished a quarter of it in like a couple of months. And that's a big deal at the moment in my life. Fuck yes. Um, so yeah, no, it's totally, but it was, it was taking up a lot of stress in my brain because I was like, I should be doing this. I've had the idea for ages, um, for about two years, as I said, on the boil. It's like, why can I not get this first page done? Why can I not then stay focused enough to keep writing? Um, and yeah, no, it can be incredibly detrimental to mental health. And it's all, I think, developing, using motivation and then developing discipline. Mm. Um, because motivation only takes you so far. Yeah. That's true. It is the discipline. Motivation runs out very easily. Yeah. It's the discipline of showing up at your desk and then doing it when you don't feel like doing it and you're not motivated at all. There's a really good anecdote from Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. um, the author, where he talks about how writing his first book, like his motivation was he had to feed his family and the only viable skill set he had was as a writer, which you know not many of us are going to face, but it's, it's kind of the extremes of this circumstance. And he said some days he wrote like diamonds were dripping from his fingers. He wrote with this incredible tenacity and willingness and creativity um, and then some days he had to force every word out and it was all just a mammoth task. And he said the cruelest thing in his life and the worst thing and the greatest cruelty is when he read back through his work, he couldn't pick which days were which. Mm. Oof, big mood. Oh, big mood. So yeah, Man. discipline is such an important thing to develop and it will mm. carry you through when motivation fails. Absolutely. And part of discipline is giving yourself the structure to do it. For a very long time, I thought that my need, and it is, I have to have structure, otherwise I accomplish nothing, I feel stressed out, it, it just, my life goes to shit. Mm, yeah. And for the longest time, I thought that my need for a structure made me less creative and that I wasn't like an artist or whatever because I needed to have a bedtime, I needed to have a time to be at my desk, I needed to have designated slots, and it's... It's not that way. You need structure to get stuff done because then you actually know what is reasonably achievable within that time. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like you and I are very similar in this. <laughs> um, in like naturally leaning towards chaos and needing structure. And it does depend on person to person. But yeah, that's certainly the thing that has worked for me is giving myself a structured sleeping schedule and like scheduling, getting a, a, um, a diary was a big thing for mm. me. Like actually scheduling events in and scheduling hours of study time and hours of... Actually, scheduling time to relax, I found was a yes, big thing. Yes, you have to give yourself the time. Otherwise, yeah. it just bleeds into everything else because you won't know what time to relax. Absolutely. And you'll just be like, well, I might as well take this hour now because I don't know when I'll ever get to do it ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you need to – it's it's being able to end that period as well. It's like, okay, I'm going to start relaxing now and then I'm going to get back to work at this point, mm. um, Yeah, which is tricky. Yeah, it, it is. But, you know, it's not about not failing. It's about failing upwards. So – I fucked up my sleep schedule and I didn't get out of bed for an hour after I was meant to. 
But that was still better than the day before that when I didn't get out of bed for an hour and a half after I was meant to. So it's like, you know, you can do it. Just incremental baby steps. Yeah, it's that old Winston Churchill quote about, like, as long as you're better than the person you were yesterday, then you're doing better than most of the people before you. Oh. Something along those lines. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, it's really good. We'll yeah. gloss over the fact that Churchill was a <laughs> polarising figure. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. He had some good quotes. Yeah. Anyway. Submission number two. I actually achieve a lot when I'm procrastinating. I get my closet sorted. I colour coordinate the Tupperware drawer. I go through my old sketchbooks, find that lost sock from six months ago, repaint the whole house and get the entirety of my mental space organised and squared away. Is productive procrastination a thing? I love this one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What do you think? Well, no, that's just the definition of procrastination because you've taken your priority list and flipped it upside down and gone, I don't want to do task number one because that's scary. Fair enough. So I'm going to do tasks 10, 9, and 8. I can count backwards. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a little on the fence about this one. I think that being like productively procrastinating is much better than unproductively procrastinating like it's yes it is much better Mm. to organize your stuff and organize your mental space than it is to sit and like watch netflix um but you're right it is 100 percent. like if you're procrastinating something it's because there is something that you should be doing with this time and no matter what else you're doing with it it's going to be detrimental to you like as you said that's the definition of procrastination so i think um like the way to kind of mesh those things together is to schedule, and this was another big thing for me, was scheduling self-admin time. Mm. So it's like Mm -hmm. I need to take this time, specifically this time, to make appointments and text people back and uh, figure out what what my week is going to look like and send emails and get this stuff and organise my life so that that's not the thing that I do when I should be sitting down to open an essay. Because despite the fact that these issues are still pressing and they need to be done, there are other things that also need to be done and I know for a fact that if I have them both in front of me, I'm going to do one and not do the other. That's true. Actually, I see the grey area that you're talking about because while priority number one isn't being addressed, you're still doing something of value that will help you down the track. It's just not the most pressing issue. So it's reprioritizing, but also procrastinating in that way. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it is a grey area, but I think it is important to, um, for for me anyway, to work on myself in a way, and I assume for you as well, mm. um, that's productive and still not procrastination. It's just taking those steps and doing them when they're meant to be done. And like I've totally been guilty of I did this two nights ago when I couldn't sleep. And instead of doing something productive, it was mildly productive. I sat down and organised my entire chest of drawers. Mm. I mean, if you couldn't sleep, though, the last thing you should do is give yourself access to blue light. So that might have actually been the better thing that you could do for yourself as opposed to answering emails. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like That's a solid point. I'm going to take that. I'm going to treat <laughs> it as a good life decision. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose the thing about procrastination is that you need to have effective and compassionate management of it. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know why you're procrastinating then you're just going to call yourself lazy and not address it and just continue that cycle. Whereas if you know that you're not doing the assignment because someone's told you to do it and now you don't want to do it anymore or you don't think that you can do it or you think that, you know what, anything you do with that assignment is going to turn out shit, so why even bother? You can't turn it in unless it's perfect. Oh, the self-esteem thing, yeah, Mm. definitely. And the perfectionist thing are both major, major factors. Absolutely. Like, it's... It's a big deal and I think that you have to be compassionate with yourself in those moments and talk to yourself like you would a friend 
because being down on yourself, strange as it may seem, won't help because it's just going to reinforce the things that you already think about and the reasons why you're not doing it anyway. Absolutely. And that was like part of the um, another thing that Mel Robbins was saying with that 54321 technique was also before you count down from five, taking a moment to acknowledge like whatever's happening in the background. Mm. Like if you're stressed, if you're like, if you're not, if you're trying to procrastinate because you think, ah, well, if I don't try, I can't fail. Mm. Um, And like, it can be a really difficult thing because often those thoughts are internalized and quite difficult to get to, but like meditation and self-reflection can also be a really valuable tool in um, solving the whole procrastination thing. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Alrighty, so to round us off, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everyone, which is, what would you do if you knew 10,000 people would do the same? Ooh. Set a timer for 10 minutes. Yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) Some some time to think. What a question. (laughs) I do really like this. If 10,000 people would do the same. See, you know, I've got to think about whether I answer this in a joking way or whether I answer this seriously. Because, you know, if I was going to answer it seriously, I'd say something wanky, like, I don't know, I do one random act of kindness and that you know, you've got that massive knock-on effect mm-hmm. where 10,000 people do it and then, like, possibly 20,000 more people will do it because it's affected their day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to, like, make a little patina of kindness spread out over the world. Um, but if I was being more realistic, possibly, and more jokey about it, I don't know, I'd probably just scream really loudly <laughs> at one specific point at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning just to see how people react. <laughs> So what's your answer? One of those two. <laughs> Are you de- procrastinating giving me Probably an depends on how I'm feeling in the day, to be honest, when I was given that strange supernatural power. <laughs> or maybe I'd deposit money in the one specific bank, all my money in the one bank account. Is it the, your bank account? Yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> well, it has been a joy and a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, Harry. The pleasure is all mine. Thanks. And where can we find you? Do you have anything to plug? Absolutely, I've got stuff to plug. So, affirmation: we, uh, myself and my friend, have started a new podcast on the That's Not Canon Network. We are called New Sense, um, and you can find us on Spotify and Stitcher and iTunes or all of the usual podcatchers and podcast listening apps. Um, aside from that, uh, I, I don't really have any of my own personal platforms that I'm running at the moment. I usually um, advertise things that I'm doing individually as their own projects. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye on the Brisbane theatre scene, I guess. Hopefully I'll have a play out at some point. Woo! Mm, yeah. Yay! That'll be called the Dash of Bitters when it eventually gets there. may take a while. Um, so don't hold your breath. I can't tell if you were joking about that and that title was in reference to a joke that I didn't understand or was not party to. No, no. That's, no, that's the, the name? Yeah. Okay, Dash of Bitters. Put it in your Google notifications list, folks. <laughs> for, you know, 2025 or something. Well, no, it's just like, I don't know how to do it, but people who are good with the internet can set notifications on Google searches so they get notified when stuff comes up. That's, That's what, a thing? Oh, my God, yeah. work in communications and journalism. I should really know about this. Yeah, like PR people have to be onto it because, you know, if their client is mentioned badly in one article or something, if it's one, that's fine. But if that's the first of many, then they have to get on top of it. That's very true. Oh, that also reminds me, I do write for a website. I do theory <gasps> and concert reviews. Yeah. There you go. Amazing. Yeah, totally what? forgot about that. So I write for the Creative Issue, um, which is a local Brisbane-based website. We review 
uh, I interview artists and I review theatre. Um, I just did a bunch of stuff for Brisbane Festival, um, which was interesting. I got hooked into a full polygraph machine. You can read all about that on the website. Yes, Truth Machine. I loved that show. That was uh, interesting. <laughs> Um, it, it was not for the faint of heart. No, absolutely. And um, I got singled out and bullied. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed every moment of it. Um, and, yeah, you can find my interviews with artists like um, uh, Neil Murray and the guy from Grinspoon and the guy from Cold Chisel and some other cool artists um, on there. So, yeah, you can check that out if you're interested. Fuck yes. Amazing. Thank you again for coming on the podcast and thank you all for listening. Thanks as always to Zane at That's Not Canon Productions for producing the show. Graphics are by Claudia Piggott, music by Jessica Fletcher. If you've stumbled upon us, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find us. You can find us on Instagram at StumbleThroughPod and Facebook as StumbleThroughPodcast. Until next time, do your best and take care of each other, folks. Chat soon. Bye. 